Hello everyone, and welcome to Queer Beats 2, Overanalyzing Get Anxious 2. This is a weekly music podcast that focuses on artists that aren't heterosexual and or cisgender. I'm your queer host, Ben Wayne, and I use he, him pronouns. Now, let's talk some tunes. This week's episode will focus on the 2021 debut mixtape slash album of Ash Nico. I believe the artist's full name is Ashton Nicole, so it's kind of like a portmanteau and a, um... Phonetic, I think is the word. I could be wrong, but it's the album by Ash Nico called Demi Devil, which I find to be a good distillation of where pop is heading for in the near future, at least more underground, uh, self-produced pop. And I think it's a nice blend of pop, hyper-pop, electro-pop, some rap, and blends of some rock. This album was met with several delays and issues until finally releasing in January of this year, I believe it was originally promised of to release in November of 2020. I could be wrong on the dates for that. Um, but after multiple delays, it finally came out in January. And we can just hope that her future creative output has more smooth releases in the future. I feel that this album is similar to Dorian Electra's Flamboyant in that it's kind of a good semi-introduction into the subgenre of hyperpop the in that the songs are shorter more aggressive and can feel a bit all over the place at times especially in more of uh, dorian electra's newest album my agenda a lot of it is very aggressive very in your face very fast very short uses a lot of production and mixing which can feel overwhelming especially if you're not prepared for it but there are still conventional structures in the musicality that don't completely go off the rails as much as some of the counterparts in the genre right now, such as Mood Killer or Little Mariko. Artists I would recommend if you want to go into more of the intense hyperpop, Mood Killer's Strap On On is a great song. I really enjoy it. And Little Mariko's Simp, S-I-M-P, is also great. So check those out if you want. It's not a negative thing, for the music to be hyperpop. I mean, music is art and art is subjective. So again, these are my opinions and my thoughts. So if you have no idea what hyperpop is or what it's like, and you want to give it a go, I think this album and Dorian Electra's debut album, which I also did an episode on, I think it's episode two or three. If you want to check that out where I talk about some of the songs and recommend them, I think those are good intros into the genre without hitting you with too much all at once. The songs I'm going to look into are Toxic, Slumber Party, Later Boy, and Clitoris, the musical. Toxic, while not to be confused with the Britney Spears classic, who also pops up a few times in the lyrics throughout this album, uh, including this song. It's a pseudo-rap where she calls out judgmental people and kind of flexing on her dissenters or people that didn't really believe in her and also kind of challenging these people in general, making claims that without them, she wouldn't be here and how kind of sad it is that their claim to fame or that what they view as valuable is that this other person has this success and fame because of them. Almost like trying to ride on the laurels of someone else's success. And also, I love 
that in the chorus, you know, she says like, what's a sheep to a tiger saying that she's not following what the sheep are doing. Wake up sheeple. She's doing her own thing. She is solitary in some ways like a tiger is. And also, and again, extending this further than is probably what is intended or even the point, but that's what we're here for. It could be, you know, this tiger, the reason they have stripes is to help them camouflage themselves while they're hunting prey and to trick them. So it could also be Ashniko like, yes, I'm kind of blending in with this kind of pop vibe, but I'm also getting under your skin, talking about more radical things, less bubblegum stuff, more about how I worked my ass off to get here and you don't get to take credit for my work. Pointing out that getting to that place requires a a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication and I think myself included we kind of don't really see that and we just see the end product and that's kind of what a lot of art is is when it is shown to other people to experience it's the end product and sometimes we don't have the context of what it took to get there to make it to curate the experience a little bit of, of peeling the curtain back to show that yeah I'm working for this I'm working hard for this and I'm finally getting to a place where I'm confident I'm secure and I don't need these detractors. I don't need them to either parasitically take from me or shit on me. Next up is my favorite song on the mixtape, and it's actually what brought my attention to Ash Nico, which is Slumber Party. I believe I stumbled across this either my partner or my sister. I think it was my partner. They they brought it up to me. It's it's a great pseudo rap song. Like it, it it's difficult for me to describe this mixtape or album of Ash Nico's and fully commit to it being rap because I don't think it's fully rap, but it's not fully pop and it's not pop rap. It's like an interesting blend. So you be the judge of that. Also totally fine to be like genres don't matter. They don't exist and they're useless and pointless and don't really add anything, which fair. That's totally valid. Anyways, with the song, A, I want to point out how impressive it is that she is able to work the mouthful, pun intended and innuendo intended, I suppose, the mouthful word of cunnilingus into a song and make it sound smooth and work. How many other songs are you aware of that talk about oral sex and specifically use the scientific term cunnilingus, but still make it seem naughty and sexy? I personally can't think of any. I'm sure there are songs that exist like that, but it's it's difficult for me to think of any. So already, one of my favorite songs is just like, yeah, me and your girlfriend playing dress up in my house. I give your girlfriend cunnilingus on my couch. And along with the chorus, it could be in line with the swagger of look how amazing I am, look how hot I am, I'm stealing your girl, you know, playing the Mr. Steal Your Girl. Or, you know, the the girlfriend and this other person could be in an open relationship, they could be poly. There's a whole list of options. Obviously, we will tend to automatically fall into the heteronormative, monogamy-laden societal expectations, so it's difficult for me not to think that it's somehow cheating. But also, I like that later in the chorus, it's, I ask her real politely. Again, I think it's so great that this song is so sexual, but it also weaves in 
empowerment and consent of I ask real politely and the assumption is that this person says yes because later on it seems like this girlfriend is reciprocating and Princess Nokia guests on it with a really great verse where she references a lot of early 2000s stuff brings up the the two teams from Bring It On and the kind of subtle maybe not so subtle queer baiting in that film between the two leads it's an all-girl party clothing optional, you know, playing into that trope of, well, when girls have slumber parties, they practice kissing, and that that male gaze fantasy of anytime women are together in a slumber party, they're touching each other and experimenting, and whether or not that's true, it's not the point. But I like that it's kind of a reclamation of that fantasy and making it more empowering in that light. And then we have another pseudo-cover, uh, I brought up a pseudo cover before in my episode about the Muslims' album Gentrified Chicken, where they kind of cover Blink 182's What's My Age Again, but they do What's My Race Again. This one is Later Boy, spelled L 8 R B O I, which takes a lot of influence from Avril Lavigne's early 2000s hit skater boy which is s-k-8-r-b-o-i but it focuses more on flipping the script of you know in the original song this girl didn't think this skater guy was good enough for her so she left him but oh no she shouldn't have because now he's famous and successful he sings about her and she made a big mistake and she fucked up and this song is more about how this dude was toxic he was immature he was emotionally stunted in one of the lyrics she says um she's not his therapist don't want to take care of him later on she's a heavy hitter he needs a babysitter the the whole playing into the emotionally stunted adult man child that relies on their partners usually their feminine partners to all in one be their mother their caregiver their support and also their therapist instead of doing the work themselves and being more self-actualized and growing themselves and in this song this girl realizes that she's better than him and it's an anthem of her discovering her own self-worth and her self-love and realizing that she deserves more and she leaves him in this one it's because he literally was not good enough for her because her standards changed because she realized he's kind of a piece of shit i found very funny is the reference to the Kyle meme. Now, if you are not familiar with what the Kyle meme is, it is the archetype of a cis white hetero dude that drinks way too much, usually monster energy drinks, wears almost exclusively the brand Fox clothing, and punches holes through drywall instead of expressing any real emotion. Why they chose the name Kyle, I have no idea. It's probably similar to Karen. That's what a Kyle is. And so there's there's one lyric that she says, um, he's still stuck at home punching holes through his basement wall. It's just like, yeah, this song, I, I should have said earlier, this song is literally a good definition of what a meme Kyle is. And last but not least comes the lovely 
Clitoris, the musical, which laments how cisgender heterosexual men in particular have a reputation of not knowing what the fuck they're doing when it comes to the clitoris or vaginas on people. Trope in that societal expectation and pressure for cishet men in particular that you just need to automatically be good at sex. And that, that makes me think of uh, Bob's Burgers at one point they have like a guest musician who's Fred Armisen <laughs> this, one of the songs he does which are terrible is just like I'm good at sex you're bad at sex I'm good at sex you're bad at sex kind of <laughs> I, I went off a little kind of like that in the sense of that a there is a being good and bad at sex and that cisgender heterosexual men don't really have to try because they are the baseline and the normal so if they're fumbling with their hands and they don't know what they're doing and they're just rubbing her thigh not really doing anything and it's really telling because at one point in the lyric she's like it's not that hard please just please me if you had done your research you would know what to do and the whole like yeah just because you're a cishet dude doesn't mean you just automatically know how the clitoris or the vagina work and also the fact that it's different for every single person and also the terminology is different based on the person i don't know and and it could just be the the man child laziness wanting this other person to do it for them because they don't have to and they don't want to put in the work now it's time for me to wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening, and please feel free to reach out with your own interpretations, opinions, or recommendations. You can find me on Instagram at Queer Beats Podcast. I'm most active on there, and every week on Monday or Tuesday, I post a new song in my highlights. So if you don't have time to listen to an entire album, I'm posting a new song every week that you can check out if you have less time, or if you have more time, you can go for it too. That's great. You can also send me an email to queerbeatspodcast at gmail.com. I hope you have a great day and you keep those positive vibes going. Take care.